Hello and welcome to the BX Basketball Podcast. I'm Nick Inglander here with Christian Noke. So the first round's over and a lot of stuff has happened. <laughs> to say the least, Paul is not on this podcast, thankfully. Uh, we <laughs> decided to per- we've decided to permanently expel him. <laughs> he is no longer allowed to talk basketball. I kid. Um, so we'll be pre- previewing a lot of stuff. Um, the uh, I just saw on my timeline that Tyler Hero is going to be a dad. Good luck with that, buddy. Um, what? How old is he? <laughs> yeah. Like 2019. I don't know. Oh, um, God. Congratulations, but good lord. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, most of the first round series are over except Dallas Clippers. Um, so, I guess, I mean, we, we also have to talk a little bit about the coaching changes, including with the Celtics, which I did not expect at all. I don't think. I don't think anybody saw that coming. Um, but, you know, here we are. Um, I guess first we can start with the Clippers-Dallas since it's the one series we have left. The road team has won every game in this series. Uh, I expect crazy. that to continue in game seven. I, oh, I have taken no, Dallas? <laughs> yeah, I have, I have no confidence the Clippers are going to win this game. Like, absolutely none. I mean, they're the Clippers. <laughs> I, I yeah, dude, and you know what? I, you know, when when we predicted it, when we predicted it, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I I said I was taking the Clippers, but I wouldn't be shocked if the Mavericks won the series because that's how inconsistent and just choke artisty the Clippers are. And honestly, I agree with you. Like I. I I just don't see I don't see how, how Pandemic P is gonna have a good playoff game because like yeah Kawhi dropped forty but you need more, you know? And yeah. it's just it's just I don't know. It's like it's like I just feel like Luca is just taking them both on two on one and he's owning them. It's just like they're not getting much from Kristoff Porzingis. They're not well, cause he I mean... sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I, I'm not I'm not lying though. Yeah, I mean he's pretty terrible. He really is. Like Hardaway is playing good, which is crazy. Yeah, Tim Hardaway Jr.'s agent. You want to talk about a happy agent? That dude is gonna get twenty to twenty-five million a year at this point. Like the Mavericks are screwed when it comes to paying him. Um, but yeah, it's um, so the so the maps are you know. You know, like it's like you said, it's really one guy. I mean, they're getting stuff from Hardaway. Brunson has had some pretty good games. Um, am I forgetting Finney something? Smith has been, Finney Smith has been okay. Finney Smith is not bad. Uh, Kleba has had his moments. Uh, someone, uh, Josh Richardson got benched. I mean, that was just a terrible move the Mavericks made, you know, uh, trading. Yeah, they should have kept Curry, man. They should have kept it, Curry. That they was kept a shooters. ridiculously stupid move. Um you know, it's it. I just like I, I watch both these teams, right? And I just watch the the Clippers especially because the Clippers really have no excuse in losing this series, like absolutely none. And I mean, like they you said, will. Christian, like you said, Christian, if they lose, I mean, does Kawhi Leonard? Be come and play. I I don't think he would, but you never know. Um, you know, no, you know, you I I've been 
as a wishful Knicks fan, hoping that he would actually leave to come, I doubt it. Like he, like you said to me, you, you don't leave a championship team in Toronto to go to the Clippers and leave after two years. I think if they do lose, which is possible, I would see it being more likely that Paul George gets traded than Kawhi leaving because it just it just doesn't work, man. He sucks. Like I'm sorry, Paul George. Look at all the. Look at all the great players they've in the last two years they've had on this roster and still haven't managed to get to the conference finals. Rondo, Lou Williams, Montrez Harold, Patrick Beverly, Serge Ibaka. Nicholas Batun is, is okay, but he's still like, you know, a decent player. Zubots, like all these names. And yeah, maybe they get to the second round this year, but how do you blow a 3 1 lead? It, like, it, it, you can't scrub that away. It's like very hard to do that. And it's just like, the Clippers will always be that team that just can't get over the hump. Like they're just the choke artists, the 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 redhead stepchild that everybody forgets about. Like I, I just they can never scrub that off. Like it's just it's just their nature. And you know it, it's it's they they're cursed, man. Like Kawhi Leonard in this series has been unbelievable. Like and in still, all, it's it's, it's still tied. Like and like, to talk about like. The main reason is their defense sucks. I mean, their defense, oh the personnel, God, you look at them personnel-wise, Rondo, Kawhi, Paul George. Um, Beverly's not a scrub defensively. The only thing yeah, he but he's been basically pinched in this series. He's been so bad on offense. And and they still, and Batum is a pretty good defender, and they just can't get stopped. They just can't do it. Like, But you and, know what the thing, the thing that strikes me the most about it, though, is like I watched the first game. And I was like, why is Kawhi not on Luka the entire game? Like, I know. George on why are you switching? That's what I'm saying. Like, Kawhi, is Kawhi, I feel like Kawhi maybe isn't who we thought he was in Toronto. Like, maybe this, this stint in the, with the Clippers to show that, like, maybe he's not really, like, I don't want to say he's not an alpha because he's won two championships. But you, but you know what I mean, Nick? Like, maybe he's not, like... Like he maybe he's not like a true like elite guy, you know. Maybe just like borderline good, but not quite the elite guy anymore. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it, it's he is no. Let me put it this way: he is. I think he's a better offensive player than defensive player at this point, but mm-hmm. I still don't even think he's as good offensively as he was in Toronto. Now, last night he was. Incredible. Amazing. He, he had 45. Like, he completely carried them. But... But you don't think of him yeah, as, like, a top-five player anymore, right? No. No, he's not a top-five player. And I think... I just think, like... You know, we had so much hope for the Clippers. Well, I know, know like... I, oh, dude... Listen, part of the reason why I'm mad at them and I keep insulting them is because they let me down last year because I was like, they're the yeah. only chance. They're the only chance of stopping the Lakers, and they, they didn't even get the chance to stop them. They failed miserably to Denver. Well, the good news is we finally found a team that did it this year. But, but, well, um, well, 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 well uh, <laughs> let's, let's not celebrate. I, I mean, we can go on about that, but, um, We'll let the, tr- the we'll let the Twitter trolls be mad at me and just continue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, 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 well. Um, so yeah, I mean, wait, 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 but let's let Nick let's toast virtually to the Lakers losing. I'm so fucking oh, happy. Beautiful. <laughs> it's just, watching Devin Booker do that, I was like 
Oh my God, dude! I, you Devin Booker and his first playoffs did that. Like that's incredible. He, you want to talk about the right mentality? He has the right mentality. When when the Suns were up, they never let the Lakers off the mat. They completely, you know, like, and in one of the most shocking things I think I've ever seen, LeBron just quit. Like, he completely quit. Uh, it's not that shocking. He's done it before. <laughs> That's true. No, right, right, right. The worst time. Here I go taking digs at LeBron fans again. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? Uh, you know what's yeah, funny? Like, so my friends, I, I like sent I sent a, a gift of Damian Lillard waving bye to Oklahoma City. I said bye-bye LeBron, and they didn't like message me for a couple of days. I'm like, damn, they were talking so much shit last year. What happened? Where's that energy? <laughs> you know, maybe the bubble was all fake. <laughs> Well, uh, I mean, the, the, team's, the team's affected by it. You see, what, three of the four are out of the first round, right? Were yeah. The conference finals? I mean, yeah, three. three of the four. And the one that made it was uh, Denver, and they don't have two starters. Like, crazy. It's, it's, Jokic is that dude. Like, he really, th- this year proved he is that guy. Um, right. Not that meme. You're not that guy, pal. No. <laughs> 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 All right. So. I have the Clippers losing in Game Seven. Do you agree, Paul? Oh. I, Paul, Christian, I'm an idiot. Oh my god! No, how dare you? How dare you call me no, I'm kidding. No. Yeah, I, agree with, I agree with you. Uh, I gotta take the Mavericks in seven. Um, it's, it's the pristine of the Clippers. They they don't have pristine. They they don't have Moxie. They don't have grit. And I really want Kawhi on the Knicks. So I hope they lose. <laughs> Now, now I sound like a Lakers fan. Oh, we're gonna get Damian Lillard to Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, I saw like like Lakers fans. Like, how the hell do you think they're gonna get Damian Lillard? Like, oh my god, they're just idiots. All right, so all right, so we can talk about the second round series and then kind of like use it to talk about the first round. So, in the Eastern Conference, the one seed Sixers are playing the Hawks. We obviously beat the Knicks. So, Christian, I'm gonna let you. Take yes. the, the reins, talk about the next season, talk about this series, how you feel it's going to go. I got you. All right. Well, first thing first, uh, contrary to belief, about 80% of Knicks fans aren't delusional. And uh, the ones on Twitter who think that we should trade Julius Randle are just in their feelings a little too much. Crazy. Yeah, that, that's crazy. Now, listen, I think, well, I think, I know what happened. We were a bad team. We we're supposed to be a bad team, and we made the playoffs. The fans got a little too excited. They thought second round. Like the 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 expectations got too high for some fans. Once again, you know, you're looking at the team like a Burks or Reggie Bullock. We got a bunch of veterans who just had their career years. But let's be honest, Atlanta had more talent than us, and like it was bound to happen. And you know, in the first round video that we or the first round pod that we did. The thing I said was, like, I don't know how we can stop Trey Young and Capella, especially without Mitchell Robinson. And it came to fruition because Trey Young was just destroying us on the pick and roll. And he was just unbelievable. And he really bought into the villain role, which, you know, props to him for doing that. He really, really, he, he likes the big moments. And although Trey Young, some of the antics he has with his, how he draws fouls annoys me personally. You gotta give him some credit. He's showing that he may be a future star in this league. And um, you know, just talking about the next season, regardless, I'm very happy. And uh the haters can keep hating. Like we don't care. Like we weren't supposed to win that much. We got to the playoffs, so suck it. But getting back to the Philadelphia and Atlanta series, so you know, Nick, you made a really valid point. 
in the in the last pod about the Hawks, where you said that you think they're going to be exposed because they're going to get out physical. And I thought so too against the Knicks. Now I still took Atlanta because I was like, well, they have they still have more scoring than us, and we might go on droughts and whatnot. But I was, but as as you know, Game Four went along and the Knicks were getting blown out in Atlanta. I was like, so they're gonna play Philadelphia, and I was like, okay. Our problem was we didn't have anybody to guard Trey Young. Philadelphia has about three decent defenders who can guard Trey Young. They have Simmons who has length. You have Matisse Thybulle who's a great defender, and you know, insert anybody else. I was like, okay. They can be physical against Atlanta, and they might be able to stop Atlanta. And I was thinking, Joel Embiid and Dwight Howard will really do a number on Clint Capelva. So I was just like, ah. prior to Embiid's injury, I was like, I think Philadelphia is going to win in six. However, with Embiid being hurt, even if he even if he plays with a torn meniscus, which would be insane if he does. Without Embiid, I don't, I don't see how Philadelphia wins the series. Honestly, they, they still have the scoring talent. They still have good defense, but I, 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 you know what? I just don't think the rest. First of all, I don't think they're gonna allow Ben Simmons and the 76ers to be physical against Atlanta. And if you're not gonna allow teams to kind of guard up on like a Bogdanovich who is fucking lights out, good lord, you're not, you're not gonna allow, you know. You're not gonna allow. You're gonna allow Trey Young to play like Trey Young. That's gonna be very difficult. Um, and let's be honest too. Doc Rivers is a liability as a coach. <laughs> Although I don't think he would be stupid enough to uh, just let Trey Young run around recklessly and just do what he did to the Knicks. But with but the NBA injury is a really significant one, and I just don't see how they can overcome that. I think Atlanta is going to go to the conference finals, man. I think Atlanta wins in six. I, they just have they have the shooting they have, the spacing. Capello is very dominant. I, I mean, Trey Young is just a baller. And even even if Simmons gives them problems, they still have Bogdanovich. You still have Gallinari. You still have Puerto. You still have Lou Williams. You have a bunch of scoring that you can rely on. So it's just very hard to beat them right now. You know. I agree with you in some ways in that pre Embiid injury, I was like Sixers and five. Like yeah. I, I'm like I'm like this is a really bad matchup for the Hawks because the Sixers have so much length on defense and that's gonna really bother the Hawks. But I, I picked the Knicks in six last series. I said I think the Knicks style is gonna translate better. And I was totally wrong and I think the Hawks I think we really should give them a ton of credit for having yes. an insane turnaround. Like, their turnaround is crazy. Now, their cap sheet's going to be a little yikes in the next Ooh. few years. But, like, for now, you know, you enjoy what you have. And, I mean, guys like Trey Bogdanovich were just unguardable against the Knicks. Like, just completely unguardable. And so... Here's how I'll think about it, right? So Embiid's questionable for game one. Um, my prediction is that he's not going to play. Uh, so, yeah, that changes everything, yeah. dude. I I'm, I'm really don't know how much he's going to play. If he, I think he's going to play game two, but here's my opinion. I think the Sixers are going to win this series. Still? Wow. But... I think it's going to be really close. I think the Sixers are going to win this in seven because I think eventually 
Embiid. I think Embiid's going to play through it, but it's going to affect them. But I think in the end, they're going to have a game seven at home, and it's really tough to beat Philly at home, and I just don't see the Hawks doing that. Um, and you know what? The three matchups now, again, regular season doesn't matter because we beat the Hawks three times, and they basically swept us off. Yeah, it means like, nothing. Oh, yeah. yeah. The three matchups they did play, Philly did beat all them three times. And again, I was just really thinking about it from the aspect of, like, Simmons is probably going to guard Trey Young, and he's going to give him fits because Simmons is such a good defender. And it's like, well, if, I feel like if he cut, if he cut uh, Trey Young – off defensively and another thing too is like you gotta make trey young work on the defensive side of the ball like we weren't doing that yeah that's like that that's what really cost the next in my opinion right and you know what what philadelphia is gonna do is probably put him on danny green and put him on the shooters you gotta run you gotta run trey young you gotta force him to switch onto a ben simmons or to anybody else to bias harrison you gotta go at him because that's how you tire him out and that's how you beat the hawks i think i think you know it's You know, you know, you look at – let me put it this way, right? If uh, – what's his name? If – not Trey. If um, – Bogdanovich? Uh, yeah, no, no, I'm sorry. If Embiid is healthy, relatively mm-hmm. healthy, he's 80%, right? Mm-hmm. The Sixers can beat the Hawks by pounding the ball inside and just yeah. exposing Trey Young. I feel like the Hawks' margin for error is – very thin in this series. I, I feel like guys like like Tobias Harris is, should have a very high scoring series. I don't see who guards him on that team. You could say maybe Hunter's Hunt, pretty good. Hunter's not yeah. bad, but like uh, Tobias Harris is way bigger than any wing they have. And yeah, true. I, let me put it this way: I think the Hawks are the Hawks' chances in this series rely almost completely on um on on making threes they have to shoot lights out and i think this series kind of reminds me of celtics sixers 2018 and that the celtics length really bothered the sixers shooters and the and they kind of only had to run isos and or like high screen rules with the guy who was with like Embiid or in this case trey Who's being yeah. guarded by someone who's really good, like Ben Simmons or Matisse Tybel. For the Celtics, it was right. Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, and it's like, or it'd be in beat, so Al Horford in their base. But like, it's, I just, I don't know. I just don't think Atlanta has the physicality. And I feel like Clint Capella, you know, he was so good against Nerlens Noel. He completely abused him. He could, right. and, but and but like, the thing is, MB yeah. is. Embiid is a much different player, much bigger player, much better player. Right. Even at 80, why, even, even if he's like fifty percent, he's still better than Noel. No offense, to Noel. Yeah, like I mean, come on, like Noel. And anyway, let's not forget, Dwight Howard is not a scrub either. I hate him personally. I think he's annoying, but he can bully Capella around. Like he's gonna. It's not like he's gonna give up the fucking alley oops that Taj and Noel were giving up. They're not gonna. That's not gonna happen. Dwight's a good defender still. Yeah, I think. I I, I just think here's the deal. I think. Like, I, I just think it's like. The, the, it's just you look at it from every perspective, and if you're like, if MB can be at least a semblance of what he was this year, then 
I don't see the Hawks winning this. I just don't. Like, I, I just feel like the Sixers are such a bad match. I actually feel like you're going to laugh. I think the Hawks might have had a better chance against the Brooklyn Nets. But... Yeah, no, no, I agree with that because they could actually score with them, maybe. But I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just, yeah, I, I'm, I'm picking the Sixers and seven, and you're saying Hawks. You said Hawks and six. Yeah, I'm taking the Hawks and six. But right. I, but you know what? Like it, it really depends on Embiid. Like if he's at all decent, it's going to be very difficult for Atlanta because I think they will actually do what the Knicks what we thought the Knicks were going to do, which was just impose their will on them down low, be physical with them. Um, and you know, Dwight Howard, the little, he's a sly little bastard, how he holds people on the block and you know, <laughs> call for fouls. Who'll be doing that to Capella? I think, I think, you know, I think, let me put it this way, right? Who you put Trey on in that series? Oh, Seth Curry, crazy. right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You put him on Ben Simmons, and Ben Simmons is going to have a field day scoring at the rim. So you got to put him on Seth Curry. I feel like they the might put him on Danny Green, though. But again, Danny Green. Oh, is... good point. But still, Danny Green is size. So it's not like if, he, yeah. if his threes are going in, then, you know. Exactly. But even if you put him on, but even if you put him on Seth Curry, again, Doc is not stupid. Like, he's going to run pick and rolls and force Trey to switch. And Trey's not going to be able to get back in time. The couple of times that, that we did run pick and rolls with Reggie, Trey had to run after him, and Reggie got him with a couple of pump fakes, and he flew. So you know that you know that Philly, they have to go at Trey Young. Like that's the one way you can stop him. And again, if, unless Doc is a complete bozo, which you know he bones the three one leads and stuff, he has a chance. I, mean, I, I, you know, it's going to be difficult for Atlanta, but. Yeah, it's just a margin for error thing. I look at it like you just look at matchups and. You just look at that and you just say, I, I don't know. I don't see how they do it. But crazier things have happened, and I picked against the Hawks last series. So if they make the conference finals, full credit to them. And Nate McMillan, who deserves good, a contract extension. Good job. Good job, Pacers. Good job. <laughs> Way to go. Um, all right. So let's go to the other East series. That's the Nets against the Bucks, which is I, I kind of agree with people now. That's almost like the de facto finals. Whoever wins that, or at least that could be the de facto finals. Um, so I'll kind of start with talking about the Celtics um, and kind of talk about the coaching search through it. I mean, it's not that complicated. We were completely overmatched talent-wise going into the series. I thought we played hard. I don't know about you, Christian, but when I, I, I didn't think the effort was bad at all. Um, guys, I mean, you guys were in a couple of the games till late until fucking Kyrie, KD, and, and uh, Harden just took over. But listen, Tatum is what if this series proved anything, and Paul wouldn't want to admit it, but here's a fact, all right? Jason Tatum beat the Nets by himself, basically, which is absolutely the one, the one world victory. <laughs> I know, I know, man. And like I, I man, I mean, that was great when we. When we beat them in Game Three and going into Game Four with the full crowd, I was just hoping we could keep it close. Oh God, if that one water ball idiot fan, uh, uh, he ruined everything, dude. He dude, ruined the, it everything. was so funny. The crowd in warmups was cheering when KD was missing. <laughs> they were booing when it was going in. Like that's so funny, but uh, but I mean, it, there's not much complicated about it. I thought Tatum played great. I thought he got basically no help. 
Um, but we knew that and was going to happen. No, yeah, we know Jalen Brown. You, you basically and Rob like, Williams. Yep. And yep. and Kemba for the last two games. Um, and like I said, Rob. Um, yeah, dude. I mean, Paul. Paul isn't on this podcast, but you know, he he was talking a bunch of shit, which was completely embarrassing. But you know, like, you you want to talk shit if you want to talk shit about beating. And by the way, you still lost a game to a team that had basically no one. That's not good. Like, you literally lost to a one-man team. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, there's not really much else to say. The Nets have way more talent. We knew that going in. And um, I'm happy we won a game. I'm happy we didn't get swept. I thought, I'm happy with the effort. I thought that was good. Now let's talk about... Uh, what happened the day after? <laughs> and oh yeah, and that is uh, our new GM is our former coach, and our old coach is—I mean, our old GM has uh, quit. To say Danny quitting was a surprise would not be true, especially with what he said about racism in Boston. But what Brad becoming a GM—that was like a jaw dropper. I—I I was like. What? And you know what's crazy is um, wasn't there like a report that said like he was kind of tired of coaching and shit? Yeah, he was said he was burnt out. Um, which at age forty four, I mean, wow, right. like that was interesting. Thank you, Tristan Cardenas. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know. All right. So. We need to get a coach now. And um, it's going to be weird not having Brad as our coach anymore. He's been our coach for eight years. Danny's been our GM. Danny was our GM for 18. I mean, that is. Jesus Christ. Yeah, he's been our GM for a long time. Um, and you know what? I just want to say on this podcast, as much as I've hated on him over the years, thank you, Danny, for the championship. Thank you, Danny, for getting us Tatum and Brown. No matter what you think of him, he deserves credit for that. He's better than Rick Pitino, though, so I mean. Yeah. <laughs> He's better than Chris Wallace. Uh, our, well, I, I, and, you know, kind of transition into the coaching thing. Um, so, I mean, me and you have all heard the names. Chauncey Billups, Sam Cassell, Kara, uh, Kara Lawson. Right. Um. Who else am I forgetting? Uh, Becky Hammond. Right. Yeah, I said Cassell. Uh, Becky Hammond. Uh, Jason Kidd. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, yeah, I'm just going to say his name, but I really don't want him on the team. I know. Lloyd Pierce. I don't want him either, but he wouldn't be as bad as Kidd. Um, and there's the internal candidates who apparently have already been interviewed, which is Jay Laranega, who is our associate coach. Laranega, to be fair to him, is actually qualified because he almost got, you know, Borrego, obviously, with the Hornets, right? Yeah. He was the second choice for that job. Oh, wow. So, so he, he, he is capable of it. Um, but Jerome Allen, who also, he's also, Jerome Allen's apparently also going to be for the Blazers job. Um, uh, Scott Morrison is apparently going to get interviewed. Are you guys going to interview Terry Stotts? I don't think so, at least as far as me. Listen, the Celtics, 
are going to be quiet about this. Literally, they broke the Brad news, Brad Stevens news themselves eight years ago. There was no Woj or Shams leaks. Nothing. Literally nothing. No one knew anything. And then instantly, like instantly, it, the Celtics Astro team broke it on their website. Um, so, I, I just, let me put it this way. Like, when it comes to picking a coach for this team, there have been a lot of rumors about it. That one that we're going to hire black head coach, especially what happened with Kyrie Irving um, and what he said and what Danny said. Um, but I don't think that's a given. Um, let me put it this way. like I think it's going to be Sam Cassell. But I would not be surprised if it's someone completely off the map, you know, some like just like Brad Stevens was. I mean, no one had any idea he was even considering the job when he took it. You know, it was that he was a butler. You know, it's right, like right. no one had any idea he even had an interest in, in the NBA. But let, let, let's here's what we know about Brad Stevens. Right. What did Brad say at his press conference? He said the team needed a new voice. That doesn't sound like it, they're going to hire someone internally. You know, they wouldn't. Yeah. It feels like they wouldn't do that and then hire Jerome Allen, who's who's on uh, Brett's staff. Um, I want Kara Lawson. I think she would be great. She would not only be the first female coach, but the first, you know, African-American female coach. She coached with the Celtics last year. Apparently the players loved her and apparently when she left her she just became the Duke's women's head coach last year. Apparently they were all really devastated. Um but the, that's the exact reason I don't think she's gonna leave for this job. I think she would definitely be interested, but I mean she literally just took the Duke job like a year ago and has coached four games before the team opted out for COVID. So I, I don't know about you, Christian, but, like, I don't see that being very realistic as much as I would want it. I mean, do you, do you think it's realistic at all? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like it, that's a little too much to ask from her. Yeah, I feel like also it would kind of be, like, messed up if she just immediately left Duke without maybe, like, leaving an imprint that she maybe wanted to. Um, but if she does, you know, she has a rapport with the players. They respect her, and it would be a historic thing to say that she's the first black women's coach to coach one of the major sports teams. Actually, the, she would be the first ever, right? Like in any sport? I, I think female so. And probably the first black female, which would be amazing. But, you know, if if it's not her, you know, the Celtics to me don't seem like a franchise that's going to screw up the coaching position. I mean, let's look even previously before Brad, they got Doc and Doc won a championship and he was a very good coach so well let me make this clear about doc when we hired him i was really young this was like i was like five six years old but what i remember about it was a lot of people didn't like it because he was coming off a terrible tenure with the magic like absolutely terrible and i'll give danny this oh was it Dan- was that danny who hired him no yeah, no he doesn't was i i think danny i think danny was not hired yet but i could be wrong but oh, okay. but but if he was and this is why I think it's going to be Sam Cassell, right? 
It just fits Brad, perfectly. Yeah, Brad and Doc are close. They still do this charity event, actually for a company I used to work for, but they just still do this charity event at TD Garden every year. And Brad and Doc, like, so, so I, I'm pretty sure they talk, like, all the time. And so considering Cassell's been, like, Doc's right-hand man for, what, seven years, it feels like now he's been the coach, it feels like if anyone knows him, I mean, if any, like, Doc is going to tell Brad everything he needs to know about Sam Cassell. And you look at it from Sam Cassell also, you know, he doesn't have a domestic violence or rape case issue like Jason Kidd has and and uh, Chauncey Billups. Chauncey. Chauncey, another thing about Chauncey Billups' rape case too, it was when he was in Boston. That's kind of a, another oh. thing about it. That you was know when, what's crazy? I didn't even know he had a case. That's crazy. I didn't either until last night. Someone posted something about it. And I was like, oh, shit, I didn't know that, but that's not good. Um, at the end of the day, he settled, and like I said, I'm not going to go out and be like the whole, like, oh, well, that clearly says he's guilty. You never really know the full story. But the fact that that's there is there. You know, like, you can't avoid that. And Jason Kidd is, like, a known scumbag. So I, I don't want any sucks as a coach. So I don't want any part of it. <laughs> Um, I think Becky Hammond has a chance too. You know, I, I'm sure Becky Hammond. Um, you know, like Be- Becky Hammond is like, you know, like she 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 she's be the first female head coach, and she's under Pop. So, and I I think Brad and Pop are pretty close, and I, I'm sure she has a chance at this job. There's been some rumblings that she does, and but I just look at it from like, all right. What can it like what the Boston Globe said was the general feeling around the NBA with the Celtics job is they want a former player that Tatum and Brown can relate to, which is not a surprise considering Brad, you know, he wasn't a former player. Right. So I mean Cassell 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 is like the perfect fit unless there is some other player who is gonna be like comes out of left field or something, but I, I don't know, like, I know you would wish it would be Garnett. <laughs> oh, yeah, literally everyone, everyone wanted KG to take the job, but he already <laughs> said no. <laughs> He's not. But you know, but you know what, from like an outsider's perspective, Nick, I think that Danny resigning and Brad being promoted to GM is, could be a, one of the best things that happened, because I feel like you guys really needed like a, a not like a new start, but you needed like a like a new a new person to like a new vision. And I think Danny did an okay job, but Danny's problem was he held on too long to assets and then they kind of wiltered away and rotted. And, and players didn't want and and listen, like he also let, let's be real, dude. There's no way players liked him. Like there's no way at the end, like someone made a great point that there was only one person that wished him goodbye on the team, social media wise, when he left, and it was Marcus Smart. And Damn. and now, granted, not many commented on Brad being promoted, but also I remember there was a Shams. Shams was on NBC Sports Boston the, the day it happened, and they said like, "How did players react?" And they said, "Really, all players how they react was they were shocked and they didn't know what to think." And and I I I you know. You look at it and you're like, all right, 
Shams is, you know, well, just in general, like, I think the players like Brad. I don't think that, I mean, there was Jared Weiss, who is a writer for the Celtics, Mm-hmm. Who always hates the Celtics for some reason, but he, he that oh, one. There's always that one journalist who just like has. Yeah, to the Mark, the Mark Furman of the Celtics, yeah, exactly. Darren Weiss, said um, he was saying that some players told him he kind of was a push, or like his staff might have been some pushovers. So you'd have to figure. But first of all, I want to give credit to Brad for something on this too. When it comes to getting taking this job, even though, like we said, we don't know how he's going to do. He has no experience with this. Brad is, first off, you can't deny he's really smart. You can't deny that. Like, the things he did, like, in that net series, I thought, like, that's way to set screens where they set them backwards. Like, I would have never thought of that. But it worked. And so, and, and listen, at Butler, he consistently found guys that were undervalued. Like, that's what Brad, you know, like, like that's what right. Brad. That's that what, is his signature, Nick. It's it. His signature is doing the most with less. He gets the most out of the least amount of like talent that he can. Because you guys went to a conference finals with Isaiah Thomas as your best player. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. That's, that's a hell of a coaching job, man. I, I think. I I just think like. I just think at the end of the day. His franchise, I'm not. I'm. I think Danny moving on was probably needed. I, 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 I thank him for what he did here. You can't ever say a GM that's won a championship is a bad GM, but, right. but he, yeah, I think he was losing his touch. And I think no matter what you say about Brad, I'm sure players respect him way more. You know, I mean, like. The only player that's ever disliked Brad Stevens that's ever played with Brad Stevens, I'm ever played for Brad Stevens, or there's only two that I know of are Kyrie Irving, and Kyrie is Kyrie, and David Lee, who's a fucking bum in my eyes, because that dude came in completely out of shape and expected to get like all the touches. The Chris but, has Porzingis, the Chris has Porzingis of the Boston Celtics. It was David Lee. Oh God. Um, but let's be real. Brad has got a lot of work to do. We got, I like Kemba. I was really excited when we signed him. He's an incredible person, but he's got to go. Arthritis, man. Arthritis in your knees. The fact that he got hurt in the most crucial games again, like that's, you got to get rid of him, dude. I think his knees just cooked. And, and so, you know, I don't know who's going to take him, but Brad, you got it. Because what I'm worried about, I mean, I was on Mark Stein's locker room uh, app chat last night. I asked him, do you think Fournier's coming back? And mm-hmm. he said, I don't know. There's a lot of things to determine. I can tell you there's a little bit of pessimism. Now, one thing around Boston was that, that, that and I was kind of surprised to hear that, to be honest, because the rumor was, that Tatum and Fournier like hit it off immediately. So though that those two guys, like he seemed like someone who'd want to stay. So I think if anything, the pessimism is probably coming from, if it's true, it's probably coming from the fact that we have to dump Kemba first. And I don't know who's going to take him. I don't. Um, 
Uh, you know what, Nick? Nick, from from again, from an outsider's perspective, you guys have two things that about ninety percent of teams don't have, and that's a superstar and his and his and a budding star. That it you have Batman and you have Robin. Now the key thing for Brad is you have to build the team the right way, and with the limited cap space that they have and some of the decisions you guys are going to have to make. It's going to be really crucial for Brad to to find the right pieces that click with you guys, and um, you're going to make you're going to have to make some tough decisions. Do you trade Kemba? Do you trade me Marcus Smart? Marcus you know, Smart's a big question. Rob Williams as well because he's extension right. eligible. Right. So there's a, there's a lot to be done in Boston, but like I said, you have Jason Tatum who is a superstar and a future. He is a superstar, and he is going to be one of the faces of the league. And you got Jalen Brown, who has had some injury concerns, but you think you know he's young; he'll get over those things. He's a hell of a good player. You got Batman and Robin. You just got to get you know the Justice League around them to help them out. Yeah. No, you know what? And we said one thing: Danny really struggled at the last few years, and I think Brad and Danny and Danny kind of hinted at it. There's been a lot of disagreements between those two in terms of roster moves. And especially recently. And one thing Danny really, one thing that gives me hope, I'm not sure, again, I'm really not sure if Brad's going to work. But one thing that gives me hope is that Danny struggled around the edges, right? He really struggled to hit guys, like depth guys. Brad was really good at getting something out of nothing. And I feel like with Butler, he always found those undervalued guys. Maybe it translates, you know? Now, the pessimistic way to look at Brad being promoted to president is that, well, they were going to fire him as a coach, but they didn't want to pay out his salary and that he's going to be the president for like a year and then leave for another coaching job. But... Maybe, I mean, but we, but we don't like, know. <laughs> Yeah, like that. That's. I feel like if they did that, I feel like Brad wouldn't. Yeah, like I, I like I feel like Brad. Like, I don't know. I, I that. I feel like if Brad wanted to coach somewhere else, he would have just taken that massive IU offer, and he didn't. Right. Right. So, I, I just think I just think he's legitimately taking a break from coaching, and he's going to try this for like three, four years, and see how it goes, and. We got to see what other moves they make. There have been rumors we're going to hire a new GM to be along with him as president. I don't know what's going to go on with that. Um, I, the Mike's, I thought Mike Zarin was going to get this job, who was like Danny's right-hand man for a while. But maybe Zarin, who's turned down a bunch of GM jobs at the top, maybe Zarin just doesn't want it, which wouldn't shock me. I mean, he's a great cap guy, but I don't know anything else about him really. Um we just got to see how it goes. Really, it's a wait-and-see thing. We also got to see who he picks his coach. I think it's going to be Sam Cassell, but I wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me if they hired someone else. Just not Jason Kidd. Please, please not Jason Kidd. I am begging you not Jason Kidd. Let him go to but, Portland and ruin that yeah, relationship. Yeah, <laughs> let him go to Portland, please. Um, but we got to see what Brad hires his coach. He definitely knows, like, all the coaches, so – He's going to have no problem getting information. And we got to see, like I said, who it's going to be. I, I think it's going to be Cassell. Some other people think it's going to be someone off the grid. Really, that's just a wait-and-see thing. Um, but we'll see. 
it's just kind of a wait and see thing. But like you said, Christian, we have a lot of tough roster decisions coming up. But the good news is we have the two stars. All we have to do really is just build the right team around them. Like the Suns did this year, like the Sixers did this year, et cetera. You got to build the right guys. I get the right guys. Um, but on Bucks Nets, back to the series. Um, so uh, my opinion on the Nets is that Giannis is going to average 40 in this series. I, I, I don't see the Nets having any hope of stopping him. But I don't think the Nets are going to lose this series. I think the the problem with the Bucks is, and you got to give them props, they fucking killed Miami. I mean, that wasn't they even did. close. And me and you were, I almost, I picked the Heat initially, and then I kind of was like, eh, I'm actually going to go with the Bucks in seven. You had the Heat. You know, I had the six. Heat in six, I think. Yeah, I mean, the Bucks were on a mission. You convinced but, me, Nick. How dare you? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but here's the thing. All right. The Nets have flaws. The Celtics exploited some of them. Some of them being Blake Griffin is terrible. Ooh, he's terrible, terrible, terrible. He is awful. I mean, listen, the Celtics' best minutes in that series were when Blake Griffin was in the game. You know, almost every time they went on a run, Blake Griffin is in the, was in the game. And I've said it before, but the Nets losing Jeff Green is actually, I think, a bigger deal that than was people. Huge. Yeah, I think that's a big deal. And here's the problem. The Nets have been at their best all year when they just put KD at center and just just have insane spacing. And now they can't do that because they don't have anyone that could, I guess you could say Bruce Brown could be put in. Um but he's gonna but nah, he no. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I, I, Bruce Brown made an impact against the Celtics. I don't think he's going to make as big an impact against the Bucs because the Bucs have better rib protection. Well, But also, to be fair, we didn't have Rob Williams for basically every game of the series. Um, the one and, game you did have him, he had nine Oh, blocks. my God. He had nine Which blocks. would have been Mitchell Robinson if he didn't break his foot. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'd actually be curious. Has Mitchell Robinson ever done that? Has he ever blocked nine shots? Seven in a game? I mean, like, yeah, like nine. I don't know. I don't know. I, but in a playoff game, that's insane. Yeah, it's Rob, crazy. Rob, Robin, like I said, it, it, the Celtics have a tough decision on Robin because he's so good. You can't question how good he is. That's not the problem. The question with Rob is his health. But uh, yeah, back to the Bucks now. Here's the problem with the Bucks. Number one, Boonholzer sucks. I'm sorry. He does. <laughs> you said that last series and they won. <laughs> yeah, but come on. I mean, the, the Heat mentality was that of like a five-year-old. Like, oh, oh, also, I, oh, I want to say one thing. Heat fans are stupid. No, no, yes, but <laughs> oh, we got all the default for Paul, back to the finals. Paul, I hope you're listening to this. All right. Congratulations on cheering for Kyrie stomping on the logo. I remember middle school too. <laughs> oh no, Nick! Come on, it's okay. But here's the thing: no, nah, that was weak as fuck, dude. That was, was so weak. weak. Okay, I agree with you. It was weak, but you can't make that argument because that idiot threw the water bottle. He just threw it away. Completely. Oh, the water bottle is so much worse. But like, right, dude, but, 
But he, but it throw, but you can't say that now because now it's now people are gonna be like it's just the logo and like it's more of a racist thing because that idiot threw the water bottle. I mean, you know what can you do? That guy really ruined it for you guys because Kyrie fucking was looking like the villain. Buckley, that's that kid's name. Fuck that fucking kid. Seriously, listen, fucking idiot. We all know Kyrie Irving is a dickhead. He's a diva. He's an asshole. He's an egomaniac. I don't like him. He's ruined hey, things. He's ruined hey, chemistry. Hey. He said he's uniting the world with this championship, Ron. That's what he said. He's uniting the world. Oh, my God, dude. I mean, if I say no one cares about the Nets winning the championship, Paul's going to get mad because he's going to be like, you're just hating. But I mean, well, it's true. <laughs> we're just one, one thing I learned about the Nets this, this series is that they do actually have fans, which kind of surprised me. But nah, they, um, pay go, they pay them to go there. <laughs> yeah. But uh, all, right, all right, all right, we, we got to get the shot. I will say this, though. Paul, I don't give a fuck what you say. The Nets crowd was not even close to as loud as the Celtics crowd in game four. Did when you the say Celt- that to you? No, but th- when the Celtics took a 10-point lead in game four, that crowd was crazy. That crowd, TNT muted it almost, but that crowd, because they always fucking do that, but that crowd was so loud. Like, you could hear it on NBC Sports Boston. It was so right. fucking loud. Just when, like uh, they, MSG, dude. You should have seen MSG. Yeah, dude, MSG dude, was crazy. Was exploding. Yeah, no, MSG was nuts. I could hear it. I think TNT muted it was still fucking crazy. Point is, all right, back to after getting shots on the nuts. Blake Griffin is terrible, flat out. There's no there's no argument against that. He can't defend anybody. Um, and, and if he's not making shots, he's a liability. Nick Claxton, I mean, he was okay against the Celtics, but to be honest, he got dominated parts of that series. Tristan Thompson in Game 3 got, like, every rebound on him and Blake. And so, like, I just think, I just think, like, you look at it and you're like, all right, the Nets role players, they've got some good ones, but they're missing Jeff Green, and that's big. And... I just I, I I don't know. Like I think they're gonna be I I think they're gonna have major problems defending the Bucks. Also, it's, we could joke, but this is a Brook Lopez revenge series, even though he's probably not gonna play that I much. Was just thinking that. Yeah, like this is a Brook Lopez revenge series, but um, I don't think he's gonna play that much anyway, considering the Nets are gonna go small. Um, but like I said, Mike Boonholzer, that's gonna be a problem for the Bucks, and I think an even bigger problem for the Bucks is this. Right, we don't talk about it enough. Mm-hmm. Giannis's free throw shooting did not cost them in game Ooh, one. I mean, not cost them last year, but I feel like the Nets are gonna try to. I feel like the Nets are gonna foul him all series, and they're gonna constantly put him at the line, and they're gonna make him hit free throws. And we all know he sucks at it, and he commits ten second violations. Um, and also, I think. The problem the the Bucks offense exploited the Heat's defense because the Heat can't really switch, and I don't think the Nets are great at it either. But the Nets can switch, kinda, especially when it's like Kevin Durant or James Harden. To you don't who went convinced? <laughs> no, I'm not. You're right. You're right. But the point is that I think the Nets can score well enough that the, the, like the, let's be yeah. real. The Heat the Heat offense is terrible. Terrible, awful. Um, but it, it, but the Nets' offense is just so much better, and I think the Nets can defend a little better than the Heat. And also, 
let's be real. In that series, Bam, we talked about Jimmy being awful, and Jimmy was awful. And credit to the, the P.J. Tucker acquisition really paid oh off. Oh, my God. That was so underrated, dude. That was he, such a smooth pickup. Listen, but the problem with this is this, right? So make a point. You can't play offensive liabilities against the Nets. You can't do it because then they're going to exploit them. But yeah, but that's I mean, the issue have, with wait, Tucker. Yeah, but, but well, I'll let you keep going to your point. You, you keep going, sir. I'll, well, I was I'll just saying that that's like I, I feel like PJ is less playable in this series unless you play him at center. That's just my opinion. So who are you taking? Taking the Nets? I'm taking the Nets in six. Wow. Okay, so I agree with a lot of your points. Um, let's be honest. This is probably the Eastern Conference Finals slash NBA Finals series, right? You got the big three of the Nets against Giannis and, you know, a couple of really good players. Andrew Holiday was an underrated pickup for them, too. He's really panned out. And, um, and you know, the thing the thing about the Bucks, especially with the Drew Holiday pickup, which is – such a big pickup. I I think I don't remember. I don't remember what we said about it. Did we say it was underrated, Nick, or not? I can't remember. But I think we um, said it, everyone is saying it's underrated. So it's like it's like people are saying so many people are saying it's underrated that it's overrated. Yeah. <laughs> but but it well, wasn't I mean, like he was like a plus eighty in the series. But you know the and that's the thing that's so striking is that previous Bucks teams were bad because they relied so much on Giannis to score to facilitate the offense to kick out of the double teams. Now you can just send him to one side of the floor, let Drew Holiday run the offense. And Drew is a very good point guard, obviously. Listen, we know the Nets are probably, they're the favorites. Uh, you know, if anybody take, if anybody thinks that they're losing, they're probably delusional or a hater like I am. And like you are too, Nick. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> they have a great offense. Obviously, you have three of the top three of the top five players in the league. You're going to be a fucking very good team. And the role players are pretty solid, too. Decent. But if I was to take the Nets, then I would be – then my morals or my beliefs in defense in the NBA would – it would, would be unvalidated. And I feel like the Bucks are the one team that can defend the Nets because – you can put Drew on Kyrie, and that's it. Kyrie's still going to get his, but Drew's going to make him work. You can put Giannis on KD, and KD can make him work. And you can put Middleton on Harden, and you can put P.J. Tucker on Harden, too. And you could switch P.J. onto um, KD, and you could put Giannis on Harden. My point is they have the perimeter defense to at least maybe slow down the Nets. And the Bucks are second in offensive efficiency. The Nets are first, so the Bucks can't keep up with them. And you look at the role players of the Bucks. I think obviously those guys are going to be huge. I'm talking about Bobby Portis, Pat Connaughton. If Brent Forbes is hitting his shots, it's going to be very hard to guard the Bucks. And you're right. I don't think the Nets can guard Giannis. I think they're going to have a hard time guarding Drew Holiday and um, Chris Middleton. And even though the Nets have the firepower, I still think the Bucks can slow them down enough where they can win the series. So. <laughs> you're picking the you're picking, picking Milwaukee. The I'm picking the Bucks wow. because I'm picking the Bucks in seven. I just think again, again the regular season it's completely different. They did beat the Nets a couple of times in the regular season. Granted, it was without Harden, but I don't know. Like what? Like 
I just the Bucks are giving me. I probably said this. I probably said this like two years ago when I said they're giving me the vibes that they can get to the finals and they lost. But they're giving me the vibes that they can beat the Nets. And it's also the Lakers have already lost, and it would just be so fucking beautiful to see the Nets lose too, so that we have like a two small market team in the finals. Hopefully, yeah, dude. The some my my sons, my sons. <laughs> but yeah, no. But, but, Here's one thing I here's my disagreement with you actually. One thing I forgot to mention too, real quick. Mm-hmm. I think I always say the secondary matchups in playoff series matter more than the primary ones, and that's not always true. Like when the Celtics played the Raptors last year, it literally came down to the fact that Tatum played great, Siakam played like a G League player, and so just take a shot at Toronto. My God. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I'll, I'll take shots at him. <laughs> but like, point is, is like that came down to that. But I feel like in this series. You could talk about Durant versus Giannis. I think their production is going to be pretty similar. You could talk about Kyrie versus Holiday. I think their Kyrie's going to be a little better, but I think their production is going to be pretty similar. I think the most important matchup in the series is Middleton versus Harden, and I think Harden, like Harden, like let me make this clear: if the Nets didn't have James Harden, I stand by this. I'm not sure they win in five against the Celtics. I think it would have been, it might have been six. I'm dead serious. Wow. Like the Celt- I, the Celtics, a healthy Celtics team, make you a healthy. Yeah, Celtics yeah, yeah. Team. I, I, the point, I'll put it that way. Like, if, if the Celtics were healthy and the Nets didn't have James Harden, I think the Nets would have beaten us in sex. Like, I, just I Paul, I just see Paul in the DMs right now. You idiot. <laughs> yeah, he see. Well, he thought we were gonna lose every game by twenty five, which I was like, all right, Paul, come on, we have Jason Tatum, but like, but like, yeah, like you look at it and you're like, okay, like the the. The Middleton, like James Harden, it, the one game we won, right? Durant had 40, and he, had, he was playing great, but like it really didn't feel like he had remotely the same impact Harden did. Every single time the Celtics went up like 14, 17 in that game, Harden would hit a dagger three to keep the Nets in it. In game four, the Nets were kind of teetering in the beginning of the second half. The Celtics were kind of cutting into it because they were scoring, right? And well, they weren't teetering. Yeah, they, they weren't teetering. But, like, then Harden just went bang, bang, bang like that, you know? And I was just like, man, if they didn't have him, they'd be vulnerable, man. I mean, they would have some major problems on this team. But James Harden really is the glue, I feel like, for them. And I feel like Chris Middleton um, needs to match what he does. And if I, I just don't think he's going to do it. That's my opinion. I, I think Chris Middleton, I, he's a playoff killer normally. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I'm I'm a little. Uh... I mean, it's a t- listen, dude. This it's it's hard. It's hard to determine because, like, even though the Nets beat you guys like relatively easily, there were still some moments where you were like, "All right, they they they're not like the super dominant team," and then they took over, obviously. But I feel like they can't do that against the Milwaukee because Milwaukee can 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 like uh, stick with them tit for tat. It's like. This is really a heavyweight bout. It's just like who's gonna land the knockout blow, and also let's be honest, like Steve Nash, he doesn't really, you know, he hasn't really felt any pressure yet. You know, like if this is a close series, you know, maybe Steve makes some bad decisions. I mean, he's running Blake Griffin at center. Why? <laughs> So yeah. there's still some questions there. I was baffled because it's not like right. it's not like he was dominating Tristan Thompson. Tristan he he allowed Tristan Thompson to get like 14 rebounds in game three or something. Like Tristan was owning him. I was like, dude, you're getting owned by a corpse. <laughs> like, right, 
Right, exactly. So, so I mean, obviously, Budenholzer's an idiot, too. He's not... Well, I mean, I call him an idiot. That's oh, that's taking it once. It's I'm going a little. He's too not far, an idiot. Not, he he doesn't make a joke. He's not a good coach. He's not the best coach. But, yeah. But but my thing again is like I still believe in defense, and I just feel like Giannis and DJ Tucker and Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. I just feel like they can force the Nets to maybe maybe for it to be harder for them to score, and maybe get some stops. Like, if they get one or two stops, they have the firepower to match the Nets. So, I don't know. It's going to be a crazy series. I hope it goes seven. I hope it's not like the Nets win in four. Um, but that's, that's possible. Um, but, like, the one thing you said about, like, P.J. Tucker being a liability, I could... So, like, I agree with that, that you can't, like, throw out people who can't shoot or score against the Nets, but P.J. is such a good fucking defender <laughs> that I Yeah, think you might have – like he, he should get a lot of minutes at the five in this series. And that's what I'm saying. Like, it, you could put P.J. out there, but you could also probably put Brent Forbes out there, or you can put – you can have Giannis and Middleton and Holiday. They, they're not going to be lacking scoring, you know? Yeah. So you can, you can throw P.J. Tucker out there, and – you know, if Brooke Lopez does play and he dominates, that's going to be really. <laughs> it can happen. I, I don't think it is. Ah, uh, yeah, I think he's. I don't think he's going to play much in this series. But again, maybe, maybe the Nets play DeAndre Jordan to match up with him because Steve Nash yeah. has no idea what he's doing. I don't know. <laughs> we don't yeah, know. Yeah. Let me put it this way. There were a lot of small impact moves. I, I like what Brad did. He didn't play Pritchard much because Pritchard was overwhelmed defensively, but he only played him when Shamit was in the game, when he didn't have to. Mm-hmm. You know? And I was like, all right, so Boonholzer, you look at a guy like Bryn Forbes, and you're like, he's a defensive liability. So you should only play him when a guy like Shamit's in. You know? Someone to match right. that. Like, you can't put Bryn Forbes on Harden, or you can't put Bryn Forbes on Kyrie Irving. So... Yeah, like it, it, it's going to involve a lot of small things. I think the Bucks can do it, but I don't think they will. So I'm saying Nets in six. What are you saying, Paul? Uh, I can't believe I'll I did that again. Paul again. How dare you? No, I would never compare you to that that plebeian. No. <laughs> oh, my God. We love you, Paul. We're just kidding, obviously. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> All right, so what do you say? Bucks in seven? Yeah, I got the Bucks in seven, man. I just think their defense will be enough to stop the Nets. At least right. I'm praying that we'll see though. Yeah, we're 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 all, we're all hoping, except uh, Kyrie, who thinks he's uniting the world. Apparently, please uh, listen. listen but, I, I can I can rant on LeBron, but don't get me started on Kyrie. I'll start ranting on his ass too. <laughs> that's right. He he can continue his passive aggressive stomping on logos for all I care. Um, but <laughs> so all right, we go to the Western Conference now. Uh, so the number one seed. That being the Utah Jazz will face the winner of Dallas and the Clippers. So I guess we can't really preview that much yet. I'll just I'll just make my series prediction if it were both. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, if it were either. I think if Utah played Dallas, I think Utah would win in six. I think if Utah played the Clippers, I think the Clippers would win in seven. Christian? Really? Yeah, I do. I don't trust Utah uh, at all. Wow. No, I- I was going to, like, I'm taking Utah regardless, honestly. I just think that they're flying under the radar, so there's no pressure on them. Like, no one's really talking about them. And yeah, they're you the saw, one And you know what, like, you saw when Spider came back in game two against uh, Memphis, it, 
and basically swung this momentum of the series. He just you see how much better they are with him. And you got Clarkson coming off the bench. You got Mike Connolly playing well. You got the two white boys, Bogdanovich and Ingles. You got Derek Favors in the back. They just have good depth. I, I, I like Utah. I don't know if they can get to the finals, but they're definitely, I think they can definitely get to the Western Conference finals regardless of who they play. Yep, I agree. I, I totally I totally agree with that. But I, I, just, I just don't trust them because it's Utah's history and what they've constantly choked. But but, you, but but do you trust the Clippers' history more? Did you? No, I don't. That's the problem. Maybe maybe I'll pick Utah in seven. I don't know. I, I'll have to well, think about that. Here's the thing, though. If Kawhi is going to defense Donovan Mitchell, it's going to be very hard for Donovan Mitchell to score. But they're going to switch him with Paul George, and Donovan Mitchell is going to feast on Paul George. Yeah, and we all know Paul George's history against Utah. He he. Uh, I kind of want the Clippers to win just because I kind of want to see Paul George get jingled again by Joe Ingles, but. <laughs> But because that was so funny a few years ago, but uh, we'll, we'll see. All right, so the other one, Phoenix we're not saying the Lakers. Let's all Woo! give an appreciation. Let's Woo! all give an appreciation for the Phoenix fucking Suns. Thank God. I don't want to hear that they're fucking hurt. I get it that they're hurt. Fuck out of here. No, yeah, we yeah the Celtics were hurt too. We're going to sulk in this victory, all right? Because the fucking league allowed Anthony Davis to go to the Lakers. Fuck the league. Fuck the Lakers. And fuck LeBron James. And to all you bum-ass fans who were coming at me two weeks ago because I said LeBron's not clutch, you were real quiet yesterday when I was roasting your asses on Twitter, coming at mm-hmm. me about insulting me because you couldn't come up with a comeback at me. Fuck out of here. <laughs> I honestly believe, by the way, the Nets are starting the exact same uh, start to the. I just saw a tweet to the Bucks starting five in game Blake one. Griffin is playing? What's up? Blake Griffin starting? Yeah. Oh. Nice. Inter- interesting Bucks move. The Bucks are starting uh, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, Giannis, Lopez, and Tucker. Interesting. Wow. I don't like that lineup against the against the Nets. I don't like that lineup at all. That's just my I, – I don't think that's going to work because I don't think you have enough spacing in that lineup. But, I, I mean, we'll see. Um, but, okay, so Suns, thank you against the uh, the three – I can't – I am – Denver. Yeah, that's right, Denver. <laughs> the Suns against Denver. Um, I think this is going to be a fucking great series. I, I think this, this series has potential to be, like – I have a feeling it might not be as long as we hope, but I think all the games are going to be really close. Let me put it this way. I think DeAndre Ayton's a great player. Like, at least, like, for what his role is, he is fantastic. He's going to get dominated in this series. Against Jokic? Yeah. Like, come on, man. And also, we should also make a quick point about the Blazers head coaching job. Yeah. Let me... Let me, uh... Let me make this 100% clear. Dame, if you're listening, <laughs> put the head, I, uh, whatever odds, Dame, you're listening. Here's my suggestion to you. You are going to go to Shams and Chris Haynes, and you are going to apologize to Blazers fans everywhere for suggesting that even the thought that Jason Kidd would be your head coach. I, okay. thought you were gonna make, I thought you were going to make a pitch for him to go to Beantown. <laughs> oh, well, that too. Hey, hey. 
we got Jalen Brown to offer you. Uh, but if, if yeah, we're willing Dame, to do that, Dame come, Dame, come to the garden and you, you, you see. Yeah, Listen. I mean, forgot to take Julian Randall, the king of New York. Imagine you here, Dame. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, <laughs> Julian Randall, king, king of New York, twenty four percent from the field in the playoffs. No, I'm, I'm not gonna do that. No, I'm not true, gonna though. do that. No, it's true though. It's true. You did play terrible, but to be fair, you did lose a five two Nick. So I mean. Yeah. No, we did too. We don't have a lot to shit talk this year. We were we were garbage. Well, I mean, the Knicks weren't garbage at all, but we were. But uh, even when we were healthy, basically. But although technically we didn't have a full healthy team the entire season, which is hilarious. But I mean, it is what it is. Um, it's not like we were winning the championship anyway. But all right. So you look at it and you're like, all right, you got Denver down two starters. We don't know when Barton's even going to be back. They're playing Austin Rivers. He's been playing great, though. Yeah, he has been playing fantastic. And I don't know, does that that make you salty at all as a Knicks fan or no? No, man. Because, like, what would his role have been if we kept him? Like, are we going to start him at point guard? I don't think he's a point guard. And then he would have taken quickly's minutes. I'm very happy to see a bunch of Knicks players on other teams doing well. Like, you got Mook, Austin Rivers. um, Portis. Exactly, Bobby Portis. Yeah, I'm very happy that there's a bunch of Knicks players doing well in the playoffs. I had yeah. no ill will towards Austin Rivers. He really helped the team at times this year. And, um, you know, it just didn't work out. But it's all cool. I wish I could say that about David Lee, but, you know. Okay, so... So... Aiton is a good defender, but he's not. No one's stopping Jokic, dude. Jokic is on such a tear that he beat Dame basically by himself. Um, now, you look at the series and you say, Sun's backcourt is going to have such a huge advantage. I don't see who's going to stop them on Denver. And that's why I'm picking the Suns to win the series. And I think, I think it's going to be one of those series where Jokic is going to get literally anything he wants, but Monty Williams is very smart, and I think he's going to do what other teams have done successfully, which is you don't double Jokic, you let him score 50, you you know, you know just kind of shut down the other guys, and this is, I, I think, Christian, this is the series they're going to miss Murray, and Barton, too. Yep, yep, yep. I think this is it, and I think Porter, I, I haven't given enough credit to Porter. Porter's been playing really well. Um, Tremendous. But I don't know, man. I just don't. I, I just don't. You just don't see it, right? Yeah, I just don't see them beating the Suns. Like the Suns, I just love that team, man. The Suns have so much roster balance. You just like it's like the Thanos thing. Like everything fits. Like everything fits with that team. They're just so well put together. Um, I think the only chance the Nuggets have is if they just absolutely like like the Suns just shoot terribly from three in the series. Which I don't think is going to happen. That's not going to happen. I'm going to say the Suns and Six. That's what I'm saying. Right. Um, You obviously see the impact that Chris Paul makes on a team. Uh, The one the Lakers were cutting into that lead in game six, he hit, I think he had like two shots in a row and assisted on two straight threes. And they basically were up by 15 again with like four minutes left. And that's with a bum shoulder, by the way. Exactly. I mean, the. 
the importance of a Chris Paul and you see how good he is and what he's done for that team is just unbelievable and remarkable. Um, Denver is a hell of a team too, though. I mean, you got Jokic, Michael Porter, Austin Rivers is playing well, Monty Morris. Compazzo has been fucking tremendous too at times, which is crazy. Um, and, you know, for me, like, I just look at the matchups, man. Like, again, Phoenix just has wing. They have they have bodies they can throw at, like Michael Porter, and um, maybe they won't be able to guard Jokic. But CP Book, Jay Crowder, Michael Mikael Bridges, uh, Tory Craig, Cameron Cameron Payne, all those guys can guard people. And I don't think Denver has enough bodies to guard those guys. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Devin Booker put up Devin Booker put up forty being like triple team basically. Uh, like, who does Denver have to to guard Devin Booker? Like, they don't have anybody. Yeah, I I, I look without. I would say Barton is an underrated defender, but you can't put yeah, Porter Barton's on him right? because Porter doesn't guard and Barton's out. No, no, and I think I think Michael Bridges is going to do a tremendous job on Michael Porter. Yeah, I, really I forgot do. about. It. I forgot. I didn't give him the shout out. He does a. He's a great player. Great. I look at Aaron Neesmith, like I keep saying. I've repeated like a thousand times. But like I look at Aaron Neesmith, and I'm like, this is who I want Aaron Neesmith to be. Right. Yeah. Exactly. He's a perfect three and D player. And um, even 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 let's say let's say Crowder and and uh, Bridges miss their threes. Well, you still have CP three who can score. You still have Aiden who. Ooh, you saw Nurkic. Nurkic was going at um, Jokic a bunch. So that's one way to tire him out. And I think that Aiden can do that. And um, again, CP3 and Evan Booker, you still have those guys. So, you know, unless CP3's shoulder is really, really, really bad, I just I just don't see it from Denver. I think... I think if they were healthy, then this would be a much closer series. But yeah, I gotta take Phoenix in six too, man. I just think that Phoenix just has more talent than them right now, and they're healthy. All right. Well, we both agree on one thing. <laughs> All right. I, I guess if there's uh, if there's anything to, I, I guess if we want to talk about it, like or quickly just mention a few things. Uh, Steve Clifford's out in Orlando. Um, I thought he was fired already, dude. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I totally forgot about him, but honestly, he's not a bad coach. Um, nice, solid. Did we forget anything coaching GM wise? Oh, I thought you were gonna talk about like the Dame Lillard rumors. Oh no, let's talk about that. Yeah, no, no, no let's let, let's briefly touch on that, just briefly. Um, there was a very curious Shams report today, and and I think when Shams or Woj put something act like this out, it it, it means something. And that is that rival teams were, like, very closely monitoring Damian Lillard. And you have to assume the Knicks are one of them. And you yeah. have to assume – I mean, there's the, Clippers, the, I would the scuttle. Maybe. Yeah, the scuttlebutt around the I, – I once heard um, around the seas was that Brad Stevens is, like, outside of Tatum, his favorite star, is Dame. Yeah, and, and you, I mean – I'm sure that's true of, and like every coach, I, I think it was like written in the Globe or something about how like they like the writer was like Brad is just like always been like absolutely like loves Dame like as a player like might be his favorite non-Celtic in the league, and um so I'm sure we're one of them too. But 
I'm sure every, all 29 teams. Let's be real. All 29. Yeah, minus the Lakers because they don't have Minus the Lakers, Lakers, the Lakers, and the Nets are going to be the only teams I can't yeah. go. All right. But, um, by the way, that's kind of cool. The, the Trailblazers, like, when Stotts left, he actually penned a letter, like, thanking Blazers fans. That's kind of cool, actually. But, um, yeah, like, it's Terry Stotts. Let's be real. He was like a lesser Brad Stevens. That's basically what he was. He was a guy who was pretty good. You can't argue that he wasn't pretty good. He made the conference finals. That's pretty impressive considering it's the Trailblazers. Um, and it's not his fault in some ways that he didn't get much talent around Dame. That's Neil Olshay's fault, which is why I've said, honestly, if Danny Ainge wanted the Portland job or at least to be consultant, they should do it because Danny Ainge is better at getting talent than Neil Olshay is. And yeah, I don't think it's gonna happen, but possible. Man, man, like the Portland. But you look at the Portland roster on paper, and you're like, this team should be at least in the second round. That's true. I mean, like, listen, but they made so many boneheaded decisions, and now they've got a tough. Like, we talk about the Celtics with Fournier, right, and a roster crunch and salary wise, and how it's gonna be tough. You look at Portland, right? They got Nurkic who wants an extension, and he said as such. You got. Uh, Norman Powell, who's a free agent, can you pay all of them? You probably got to no. trade. You probably got to trade CJ McCollum now. I think. Who wants him? I trade him for Kemba. But... You want CJ McCollum? Are you sure? He's not... I guess it's your yeah, number three. I don't. I don't. I'm not a fan of CJ at all. But at this point, like, I just think we got to get. And plus, he's paid almost as much as Kemba. Now that I think about it, but like, the point is, is that. Portland yeah, is in a not great spot. And and really, listen, man, I understand them getting Robert Covington. I do. But two firsts for Robert Covington is ridiculous. Like, I'm oh, sorry. Like, that's God. so that's stupid. What they, that's what they gave up for Robert Covington? Oh, yeah. my God. That's, that's really bad. <laughs> it, it's just... But I'm trying to figure out. Oh, that's right. Tucker's starting for DiVincenzo. That's why he's starting. PJ Tucker. Um, but let's let's be real, dude. Here's my opinion, right? I think Jason Kidd. I, I think they have to do it. I think this is Dame's way of saying, like, you got to hire Jason Kidd, or I'm going to want out. And I think they're going to cave. Or Chauncey Bulbs. I don't know how much he really wants Chauncey, but, like, I think it's not going to happen yet. You know, I think they're going to get – he's going to give them one more year. And if they don't figure it out by then, which, they let's be real, they probably won't, then he's gone. And, and listen, not one person should be mad at him for leaving. Not one. He has given that franchise – Everything they have constantly failed him over and over, and I don't blame him when he's age. I think he's thirty now, maybe or age thirty-one, age thirty-two. He's like, "Fuck this, dude! Like, I'm out. Like, this is they give it. They haven't. I've given them chance after chance, and they failed me again and again. So, yeah, that's how I look at it. I think like if they, but honestly, if you're Portland, I'm. I'm bet I read on the Athletic last night that it sounds like. Dame wants kid and Portland management wants Chauncey. So with shocker, I mean, that means they have a brain at least a little bit, but um, 
I don't think – I just don't – I think they're in a tough spot. I mean, either you don't hire Jason Kidd, you risk pissing off, pissing off Dame, and then maybe he wants out, or you hire Jason Kidd. Let's be real, Jason Kidd sucks, yet. so he likely fails, and then he wants out anyway. I mean, what do you do? I think – dude, I think you have to trade him ASAP because you're not going to get the assets back for him maybe next year, the year after. Let's say he has a shitty year next year. No, 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 no. They're going to – Damian Lillard will always get – the asset, unless he gets hurt, God forbid. Let's, yeah, let's hope not. But, but look at it from. But my thing is, like, look at it from their standpoint. They're not really a championship contender, and what move could they make to become a championship contender? There's not. I can't see any moves. That's what I'm personally. saying. So it's like it's like they're they're like as as we've talked about Orlando being like a super treadmill team before they tanked. Portland is like the. Portland is like a treadmill team right now. It's like, what do they do? Where did they go? They don't have cap space. They don't have picks. Like, they're kind of fucked. Listen, man. Let me put it this way, right? Ironically, if I were them, here's what I would do. And I don't want them to do this because I don't want to lose Fournier. But if they were smart, I would trade CJ McCollum for... A 3-4 type of player. Hopefully get something decent back, like a pretty good player. A couple of maybe depth guys. I would let Norman Powell walk. I would extend Nurkic. I would sign Evan Fournier at like 15 mil if he would take that. I don't, again, I want the Celtics to pay him around 15 to 18. I think 18 is like tops of what he's worth. But, um... So you have a lineup of like Dame, Fournier, Covington, Nurkic, and a defensive player at the four. Okay, so you've got some balance there. A Fournier is like a poor man CJ McCollum, and then you can maybe get a bench player or two. And it's not a championship contender. I know I'm just spitballing, but it allows you to clear salary and also kind of like balance the roster a little bit. I think that's their best hope at this point. I mean, they just, they don't have their own first because they traded them for Robert Covington. Like, that's, that's the tough spot. Like, what do you do? I don't know. So now, so, what do you think they would demand in a Damian Lillard trade? How many picks? How many players? Uh, Want me to put it from the Celtics perspective? Yeah, like, what do you think the Celtics would have to give up to get uh, Dame? Jalen Brown, Mm-hmm. Robert Williams, mm-hmm. maybe Marcus Smart too. Probably mm-hmm. they have to for salary purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, and three firsts. I think that's what they would ask for. See, I think I think from like a Knicks standpoint, they'd probably do RJ quickly, Obi, and uh, the the two firsts this year. Maybe a first next year. <laughs> I think they would ask for more for a bit. Well, here's the problem, right? Jalen Brown, I'm not saying R.J. Barrett doesn't have a lot of worth. He does. But the problem is Jalen Brown is an all-star. So, like, yeah, he, had, right. he is – and, and yep. plus Jalen isn't even on a max. Jalen's getting paid, what, like 26, 27? Like, we, had, we got incredibly lucky that he said yes to that. Um, yeah. But the point is, is that, like, Jalen Brown is m- more of a sure thing than Barrett. But let, let's equate Barrett's value, right? Barrett, like, if you had to rank all those assets we just listed, it would go Jalen, Barrett, and then probably Rob Williams. Yeah. Oh, no, quickly and Rob, that's close. Um, 
we'll, we'll, it's tied for third there. We'll see. All right. All right. And then you have like Obi and Smart. I mean, Smart Obi's on potential. Obi. Yeah. So Smart. Yeah, so, so the point is, you look at it like that way. You figure they probably asked the Knicks and the Celtics for like three or four first round picks. And yeah. and and listen, do you want to know the one hesitant? Have hesitance I have about it. First off, one would be dumping Kemba. The piece we still got to do that. But an even bigger one is this: every single Celtics All Star point guard that comes here fails. <laughs> like every single one, every single one either gets hurt or sucks. Like Kyrie. So that's yeah, the only. Damian, this is Damian Lillard, though. I know, I know. I still want to do it, but like that's the one hesitance I have. Like. So now, from the new, from the Knicks standpoint, we haven't had an All Star point guard. <laughs> I think I think Stephon Marbury was the last Knicks All Star point. Was he even? Yeah, Dame, Dame is Dame is just a bit better than Stephon Marbury. <laughs> so I, exactly. If you want to go even further back, Mark Jackson was probably your best point guard. Like that's how sad the the, the one position has been for the Knicks. Well, Clyde Frazier, but I mean that's so long but, ago. But yeah, that's that. But I mean like. In the last twenty years, our best yeah, yeah. Was probably Jeremy Lin for three weeks. <laughs> no, a forty-year-old Jason Kidd and Raymond Felton have been our best point guards. That's oh, right, man. Raymond Felton. Raymond Felton is the last Knicks point guard to average ten assists. Okay, that's, that's how so be- that's, sad. That's how bad our point guard position. You know what? Is. I actually just realized there is one All-Star point guard that actually succeeded here. Oh, Rondo. Yes. Rondo is the only one. It it definitely succeeded. Isaiah Thomas did succeed, but he got hurt. Yes. Like Kemba, he got hurt. So yeah, like yeah. The point is, is that like, if you're Portland, there's you, every team is gonna want him. Literally everybody. And listen, I don't know what. Yeah. It. You know what this feels like? It feels like it's you're not at the car crash, but it feels like you're close. You know, like yeah. Uh, that's a bad announcement. <laughs> no, no, no. I get you. you. You're basically saying like it's coming to. You feel like it's coming to an end, but there, there's some like, they're throwing the life preserver and like he's trying to reach out, but he's like, nah, fuck it. I want to, I want to try. Like, like basically, he's very close to wanting to be out, but he's giving them maybe one more chance. And let me make it clear. This is what I think is going to happen with Beal. I think. Beal's in the exact same boat. He's going to give the Wizards one more chance, and then they'll reevaluate after next year. The difference is that Beal's a free agent. He's a free agent, though, yeah. Yeah, but Dame is not. So we got to see what happens there. Um, I just think in the end, though, like the, the, the Blazers, everyone's going to want this guy. And you look at it. I saw a bunch of Heat fans photoshopping. Honestly, the Heat are We're not going to give up. Fucking yeah, Tyler get, Hero and Duncan you know what? Robinson. We talk about how great a GM Pat Riley is, and he is, but he completely fucked them up. But the the way they structured their picks, they can't trade a pick for like a decade. Like, like it's or like they're when, stuck with that team, bro. Like it's really like no, not a decade. Team. It's it's like they can offer like the twenty twenty four, the twenty twenty nine. And like Ooh. that's it, you know. It's like they, they don't know. Doesn't have... Jimmy Butler want like a contract extension? That's and apparently they're gonna give it to him too. Oh my god! Yeah, they're fine. So yeah, like Tyler Hero does not have nearly the same value. So 
yeah, like I, I look at it and say, I, I don't see it. I, I just don't. But now if, now, if I'm Portland, I look at trades. I look at like the Drew Holiday trade as like a a benchmark of how many picks you should get. Like you should ask for five or more for Damian. You should. <laughs> and I'll say, you look at like the teams that could get him. The Knicks and the Celtics are like, if the Celtics offer Jalen Brown, like they are like top of the list. I feel like those two teams yeah. are like really high up there. Like I'm yeah. trying to. Is there any other team like? Maybe like Denver offers Jamal Murray and Michael. Porter. Yeah, Denver probably would offer him actually. I mean, listen. Uh, maybe Utah gives up. Uh, I don't know. Who no, I, I I don't think Utah has. But you got to think about teams that have young picks and players, and would have the motivation yeah. to go get them. Right. Yeah, you'd have to, and they'd also have to be like feeling like they're a contender or if they get Dame they would become a contender so probably Boston um Milwaukee no they don't have any picks Philadelphia no they don't really maybe well Philly Philly is actually kind of an interesting one it depends on if they're willing to give up Simmons that's how I look at it if they are then they can offer Simmons and Maxi. that's pretty good yeah maybe Dallas Gives up Porzingis and some picks. Nah, Porzingis has no value. I, I, I'm at this point almost. I know you. I don't love Porzingis either, but uh, Kemba for Porzingis might act. I feel like that actually no, might happen. No, don't do it, dude. I'm telling you, he's a cancer to the fucking. I don't want him that much either. But we gotta get rid of Kemba, dude. <laughs> like we. Can... I mean, I guess Porzingis is a number three option. Works. Now, I mean, I wish you guys took that. I wish we took that trade. A couple I wish, years ago. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I just wish, like, and, and, and I, I keep mentioning we're going off topic for a little bit here, but I have no ill will towards Kemba. Let me make that clear. I have none. I do not blame him for his knee going like that. It's not his fault. It's not like a Kyrie situation. He's a great teammate. He's a great player when he's healthy. He just got some bullshit-ass luck, and it, that's really what it is. There's no other it's way to say it. town curse, baby. Yeah, it really it's like, is. It's it's like it's like somebody sacrificed uh, the Bambino curse and all the curses so that you guys win every like championship besides the NBA championship. Hey, I mean we won seventeen, but yeah. I was like alive. I've been alive for one championship in my life. So okay, and I was like in fifth grade. So, yeah, but I, I'll I'll say though, the curse thing. I mean we've been cursed since forever. I mean literally, I feel like we've been cursed since Len Bias died. So, I mean, Bird broke yeah, his back been... that same summer too. Yeah, you guys had no luck, dude. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm talking to a Knicks fan about no luck. I mean, you want to talk about no luck, but like, don't get me started, please. Yeah, but in terms, no. sorry, God. No, don't get me started, man. I know the Knicks have had shit luck too. <laughs> it just in terms of like injuries, the Celtics are like Ooh. really up there, like. Pacers and Portland are probably the only two teams I can think of that are as bad or worse. Um, but yeah, like, no, like you look at it and you're like, okay. So, all right. My personal opinion with this Dame situation is it feels like James Harden and that like it feels like we're almost there. I think he's going to give them one more year unless they hire a coach he doesn't want. I feel like if he really wanted out, then he wouldn't be suggesting coaches, you know? Like, yeah. But Jason Kidd, man, like, 
If you hire Jason Kidd, you give him a one-year contract. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is as far as you go. And, and I was listening to that, that Mark Stein thing, and he was talking about, uh, you know, stars around the league, they really respect Jason Kidd. And I'm like, why? <laughs> it's because it's because he because as a player he was such a good player but as a coach is so key isn't he like such a top i heard he was toxic and like a hot mess bro like why would you want him you know what you know what in all honesty too there's no i i, I i'm telling myself there's no way the celtics are going to hire him because one he's never been mentioned among the top candidates and two even more in my opinion is uh that you know, in the when with the Celt, remember in 2002, the Celtics played the Nets in the Eastern Conference Finals, right? Mm-hmm. And they chanted "wife beater" at him. Oh my God, you guys are fucking savages, dude. That's messed yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, we really chanted oh, that at him. Oh my God, I, I, Yo, NBA I, fans are ridiculous, man. They gotta chill out. That they were just like, man. That yeah, I mean, the fans. We could talk about that too, and how just absurd it. But I, there's really not much else to say. Just stop being stupid. End of story. Okay. That's that's all yeah, I gotta man, think like, about. What that. are you doing? Like, dude, yeah. we're still in a pandemic, and you're spitting on Trey Young, Knicks fans. Look that, not only that, they're so, they threw a beer at their own guy. Quickly. Yeah, why are you throwing beer quickly? Like, and what is quickly fans being racist? Like, bro, what? Yeah. Dude. Oh my god, it's, I'm disappointed in Knicks fans. I'm disappointed in Boston fans and Philly fans, but it's not surprising. Those you know what? Are... And it kills me about the Celtic fans because we were fucking one minute, you know, like one second. From not having any incidents with Kyrie besides fuck you, Kyrie. That's all we said. And that's fine. And then that one idiot, that stupid kid, Cole Buckley, can go fuck himself because he's a fucking dick who, you know, threw a water bottle. As much as I hate Kyrie, he threw a fucking water bottle at him. And, and like, what are you doing? Like, God. Yeah. Yeah, man. He ruined, he ruined it for you guys. Wizards fans running onto the – why is a Wizards fan running onto the court? You know, like, why, why? What is why? the logic there? It, the one that got me really was Emmanuel quickly, though, and I'm like – and the Trey Young one is terrible, too, especially in a pandemic. But I'm like, dude, Emmanuel quickly has been nothing but great for the Knicks. Nothing but great. Why on earth are you throwing a beer at him? Why? It's stupid drunk fans, bro. They don't know how to act. Like, dude, you like stop being fucking stupid. Exactly, bro. Oh, I want to apologize to Emmanuel quickly. We're not all like this. <laughs> He's not gonna listen to this <laughs> podcast, but still, I'm sorry, IQ. <laughs> like, so dumb, bro. So stupid. By the way, uh, Chris Haynes just dropped something about oh. the head coaching job with the Blazers, not with the Celtics. I'm curious. I want to hear. Chris, Can, so you, you broke the story uh, in Portland um, about Damian Lillard and his desire for a new head coach, uh, and that would be Jason Kidd. Give me some background here. Well, yeah, you know, he told me that yesterday. We had a conversation. Christian, can you hear this? Topic came yes. Up and he said his preference is to have Jason Kidd as his next head coach. Uh, you know, Kim and Jason have a really good relationship. They're tied. You know, they're both open native and um, a former all-star point guard, Hall of Fame point guard, and he feels like Jason Kidd with his basketball acumen can help take his game and the Portland Trailblazers to the next level. Also, 
he is very intrigued with um, Los Angeles Clippers assistant Chauncey Phillips, and he has a relationship with him as well. And so sources told me the Blazers would put on a full search out there for his next head coach, and they will involve Lillard in the process. But ultimately, oh. it will be the front office that makes the final call on who is the franchise's next head coach. All right, well, they're hiring Chauncey so, Bill then. <laughs> right. And basically, basically, if they don't hire, so they're, so you heard it there, okay, we're going to incorporate Damian Lillard, but the front office makes the final decision. If the front office does not sign one of the candidates that Damian Lillard wants, then he's going to be like, fuck you guys, I'm out of here, so they better sign somebody. And yeah, Dude. I'm like, so the fact that Chauncey, he's intrigued by that, it means that, yes, go towards Chauncey. Because, yeah, Chauncey doesn't have experience as a coach. But he's better than Jason fucking Kidd, right? He can't be worse than Jason Kidd. He can't. Like, I refuse to believe he can't. Like, <laughs> dude, Celtics, if you are listening, if I know you're not. Uh, Brad, I can't believe it. President Brad Stevens. It's so weird to say. But Brad, President Brad, listen to me. Don't do it. Like, don't hire Jason Kidd. Carol Lawson, Sam Cassell, Chauncey Billups, Becky Hammond, they're all fine. They're all qualified. Fucking Jason Kidd can go fuck himself. That's what I thought Oh, my God. All right. Well, I mean, you, you heard it there. So um, I guess we'll end there. Uh, Blazers, please take Jason Kidd off our hands. So you don't. This we is, don't. Uh, dude, dude, this is like this is like how me and you and like the five fans that listen. When Andre Drummond was on the free agency market after he got bought out, Nick and I were going back and forth about the rumors and that he would either sign with the Celtics or Knicks. And we were like, no, you sign him. And Nick would be like, no, you guys should sign him. And then when he <laughs> signed with the Lakers, we just both virtually high five. We were like, yes, let's go. Dude, we were so – and you want to know what? <laughs> Christian, you want to know what the best part about that is? We were right. <laughs> we were right. We were absolutely right, all of us. Wait, wait. they ran a post-up for Andre Drum that he spun and missed the hook shot. <laughs> Dude, the best part of that, too, we didn't talk about. Why did the Lakers not give up Talon Horton Tucker for Kyle fucking Lowry? Like, so what stupid. are you doing? Uh, oh, my God. The, well, no, at, at, like like Paul mentioned in the previous podcast, Taylor Horton Tucker is the future is the future uh, Hall of Fame two-guard for the Lakers, so they can't give him up for Kyle Lowry when you're making a championship run. Yeah, it, it's like, dude, Kyle Lowry, yeah, he's older. Yeah, he's got his problem. In my opinion, he's going to sign with Miami Heat, by the way. Um I still think that's going to happen, although I'm not sure uh, anymore, considering the Heat got destroyed. But um, speaking of another team, that is a lot of tough decisions. But, uh, yeah, like, it, it's just – I don't know, man. It's just like you have a very – there are a million Taylor Horton Tuckers. Like – and by the way, I heard that they're planning on re-signing Drummond. Like, please do, man. First of all, I heard. Oh I'm shit! Sorry. James Harden got hurt. No way. He hurt his hamstring. He's going to the locker room. 
that changes the series if he's out for a while. Ooh. If Harden's out for the series, then you got to go with the Bucks. But we'll see from there. All right. So yeah, we'll, let's end. Uh, let's end here. Yes. I guess. All right. So for the BX Basketball Podcast, I'm Nick Englander here with Christian. Okay. Thanks for listening.